Today we have yet another golden guest joining us. We'll be diving into three steps to awaken your genius with Dijon Bowden. Dijon is a multidimensional creative and community builder. His mission is to inspire people to embody their divinity and co-create heaven on earth. Dijon recently released his new hip hop song, debuting his entry into the crypto rap game with the support of Famous Dill. You're a conscious luminary and you're getting it going in the NFT space. Welcome to Golden Meta Sessions with Doc Peace. I'm your host, Dr. Peace Uche, also known as Doc Peace. Golden Meta Sessions is a time to celebrate creative expression, featuring NFT creatives who share their doses of inspiration on how they got started, plus tips and strategies on how to boldly creatively express to empower your NFT journey and achieve your version of success. New episodes drop weekly every Thursday at 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, so press subscribe for your weekly dose of Golden Meta Sessions with Doc Peace. This episode of Golden Meta Sessions with Doc Peace podcast is sponsored by Raka, a metaverse company and exclusive manager of French Montana's NFT album drop, 2D Montega, dropping soon. Thanks so much for joining us today, Dijon Bowden. It's a pleasure. Thank you for having me, Doc Peace. You are so very welcome. I'm excited to get into your before crypto story because you and I have known each other now for a few years now. And prior to entering to the Web3 space, I knew you as an entrepreneur, as a spiritual healer. So I'm curious to know, what were you doing before you entered the crypto space? Can you share with us today? Yeah, sure. I was doing a lot of things because I've been an entrepreneurial creative for over a decade. So I went to film school, came out of school, making films, taking pictures, started a storytelling project called Souls of Society, where I would walk the street and capture people's portraits and their story and ended up being able to monetize that by getting hired by local blogs and eventually the San Francisco Chronicle as well as just like people hiring me to do freelance stuff. So I developed a career as a photographer, but I also did videography and have always been very interested in many different types of creativity. So being around a lot of different artists in the Bay Area and all throughout California, whenever I would see somebody that inspired me to do something, then I would try my hand at it. So I picked up a lot of things over the course of a decade, just kind of playing, whether that be podcasting or filmmaking, photography, digital art, music, all other things. They were all kind of hobbies and I would constantly be sharing what I was doing. And I built several brands for my different creative offerings. So people that would observe my expansion in these different fields would be like, how do you do all this stuff? Like, how do you learn how to do all these things? I just be like, well, you know, we live in a day, if you really want to learn how to do something, you can get on YouTube and learn how to do it. And also just uh, devote yourself to it. Like I became a photographer by taking my camera around with me and taking pictures every day for years and my just refine my craft until I was able to do it professionally. 
So the same thing was kind of true for the other things that I mentioned. And people would see me sharing about those things and they would say, okay, I want to start a podcast or um, could you come and film this event or would you be my coach so I can tap more deeply into my own creativity? And I was able to do all of those things depending on what whoever I was talking to was requesting. So I kind of made a, you know, a mixed bag of entrepreneurial things to be able to offer people. Wonderful. So when you discovered the Web3 space, you it seems like you were already a very multidimensional being. And I know many people are attracted to the space because it allows them to express all their different dimensions. You were already doing that. How did it change for you once you, once you discovered Web3? Or did anything change at all? Yeah, great question. I think that what changed is that the intention and the technology was catching up to the way I was already interfacing mm -hmm. with the world. Mm -hmm. So we're now living in the creator economy where people that do the types of things that I do, because I'm not the only person who is a multidimensional creative, are being able to showcase themselves as that and they don't have to market themselves as a niche specialist. It's like mm -hmm. the more things you do, the more dynamic you are. So yeah, now that we have the tools for people to, for instance, create their own community and sell their own NFTs, you can have a much smaller community than maybe you would need to have on Instagram to be able to generate a living. And it's not about vanity metrics. It's about the depth of connection that you create with the people that are engaged with what you're doing. So from an artistic perspective, yeah. it's much more satisfying because you're not having to game some algorithm to stay relevant and to get seen. It's just you create what you want to from your heart. And then it's usually the, the depth of connection that is felt by the people who experience your work that determines your success as a creator. Mm, so very true. One question that I want to really dive into today is the pivotal moment that you had, because it's not easy shifting and changing your, your path to some degree. What was this pivotal moment for you when you decided, Hey, I want to explore more of what web three has to offer. I'm already creatively expressing. Let's let me step deeper into my curiosity and explore this space a little bit more. What was that pivotal moment? To really dive in, it was inspired by our mutual friend and former business coach, Lauren Turton. Mm -hmm. And she's a very inspiring person in a lot of ways, but certainly not least is how she'll just dive into something and learn. And yeah. I was already somewhat in the crypto space. You know, I bought my first crypto maybe in 2017, but I had stepped away from it and wasn't paying active attention to it. So when NFT started to blow up, I was aware of it, but I wasn't like, okay, this is something I definitely need to do right now. I was just kind of curiously observing. Mm -hmm. And Lauren, who I think around that time, I had just finished my 
like six months container in my business coaching was like, no, I'm going all in, like I'm pivoting all in. And she created a podcast and did all this research and was all up in Gary V stuff. And <laughs> when I saw yep. how excitedly she was going after it and then really started to do my own research and see what was possible for the future, if you develop your own platform now, then I got really excited because mm-hmm. it's just like, if you were there at the beginning of Instagram or something like that, you're much more likely to have a huge following now, right? But seeing as that's a web two platform and all those other platforms are web two, you don't own that following and anything they do to change the algorithm or change the intention you're subject to. And you also don't own things once you share them on their platform because they're free platforms. So the exchange that's in the small print of the notes is they now own your stuff. And I think that's becoming a bigger and bigger deal, especially now that like web web three and avatars are becoming a realer and realer thing because I've heard about them being able to like monetize your likeness even after you've stopped using the platform. So let's say you posted on the platform for years, right? So they know the style of art that you make, you know, they have an algorithm that can read that information, but then you say, you know what? I don't want to share my stuff anymore, but the stuff that you've posted is already there. So they can continue to quote unquote, create art with your likeness because they own that image of you. And since we're talking about, you know, a virtual web three world anyways, it would be hard for them to differentiate that between what's actually you on some other platform. So that just seemed very sketchy to me and something I don't want to be um, encumbered by in the future. So it definitely has shifted the way I think about utilizing those platforms because I still think there is value you can get out of the platform but I definitely don't want them to own my creations, you know? Yeah, I can see how that would definitely spark a pivot. Were there any other pivotal moments in your life that you would like to share with us today? Yeah, I mean, I think that, I know for me, I've been constantly healing as we all have, as we become more like self-aware and, you know, it's like every layer of growth requires a deeper level of death of ego. So I think that healing from my own traumas was always like a heavy process. And sometimes the weight of it and being such a sensitive being was too much, or it felt like too much to be in the world. And um, eventually, I just got to the point where I had such an intense ego death and it spurred such intense growth that I was able to get in touch with the place within myself that was beyond um, kind of duality, like beyond being pressed upon by the world. And we all have different things that drive us to that breaking point. And you can either get in touch with your soul, you know, the, the part of yourself that never changes and start living from that place in a really pure way, or you can buckle under the pressure. And there's no judgment either way, because that's a very personal journey that everyone has to go on. And everyone has their own 
inflection point moment where they have to face that in their own hero's journey, right? So for me, uh, I had some good role models and some core people in my community that were looking out for me and modeling healthy behaviors like um, to heal that I was able to pursue that path and, you know, do a yoga teacher training and do a Kundalini teacher training, do Reiki training, go on a meditation retreat, start writing poetry to express where I was at and like find a new means of creative expression. And all that led to where I am now, which is, um, you know, I wouldn't say I'm completely healed because I feel like there are always more levels of healing to do. And oftentimes the layers of healing that we're peeling back, even if we've started to drill down through our own personal layers, then there's familial layers and then societal layers. So the healing never stops. And I think what changes is your relationship to healing. And whereas before you may just be unconsciously reactive to things or completely unaware of your triggers and your blind spots. But once you start the healing journey, you do become aware. So you can at least acknowledge when you are triggered and maybe not react unconsciously, right? So if you get triggered, you can just be like, okay, like I feel upset, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like, and I feel this, this discomfort in my stomach right now because of what's going on. So how do I want to respond to that? You know, do I want to snap back at this person? Do I want to go for a walk? Do I want to take some deep breaths? And then you're able to make a conscious response as opposed to an unconscious reaction. Mm -hmm. Conscious connections are key. They're key to personal growth as well as connections with other beings and community growth as well. So I'm curious to know, as an artist, as a musician, as a coach in Web2, how have you shown up in the Web3 space? I think a lot of it is just being a vocal advocate of the space and connecting with people that are also vocal and excited about the space. (laughs) And the cool thing about it is you don't need to be an expert. You just need to be curious and excited because that will open the door to new things. And a prime example is I'm doing this event in Atlanta in August, the glow up, which is part of the Dharma glow series. And you asked me just before this, was I doing anything in the web three space? And I said, well, yeah, I mean, I would love to do NFT ticketing. I don't know how to do that yet. And you were like, I know somebody and you were like, I can connect you. Right. So mm-hmm. it's, it's not like I was necessarily did the research and figured it out, but I was interested to do it. And I'm connected with people like you and Lauren and Dill who are in the space. And if you have a question, there's usually somebody there that can answer it and everyone's kind of growing together and figuring it out together. And that's a really beautiful thing. I love it. I love it. Everyone here is here to support or for the most part, everyone here is here to support, at least those within our community are here to grow and learn together. And that's, what's important about finding your tribe, finding those Mm -hmm. who are, who have that same vision, similar mentality of together we thrive. So I'm excited to connect you with NF Stubbs, one of the co-founders 
and uh, get you started with incorporating NFT or Web3 ticketing into Dharma Glow. Before we change, pivot a little bit in our conversation, I really want to hone in on what Dharma Glow is. I have been honored to be a participant as well as an attendee of Dharma Glow. But can you share for those who have not yet experienced Dharma Glow what this experience entails? Yeah, thank you. So You're welcome. Dharma, Dharma Glow is the overarching brand and energy of what kind of was birthed from my own healing journey and inspiration from other artists, most specifically Landrell, that I came across. And Dharma Glow's mission is to inspire people to live a life that leaves a legacy of love. So that's the mission. And the expression of that is infinite. You know, we have a podcast. Um, the Glow Up is a live in-person event, which traditionally has been like an all-day event. One day, one time it was three days, but it's usually an all-day event going from like 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. And it's different people from the community coming together to share their gifts so that we can create a vortex of energy that people can heal and be seen and share and co-create and vibrationally attuned to the world that we all want to live in because the American capitalist me versus everyone else way of being, I feel like has run its course and it's not a sustainable way of doing things. So the next level of evolution, I feel like is necessary. And that's a world that is co-creative and is interested in sustainability and, you know, regenerative, uh, regenerative living. So um, an example itinerary from the event would be like, show up at 10, do the cacao ceremony, which is where you drink this really amazing like Peruvian or Ecuadorian cacao that opens your heart and ceremony and you set the intention for the day and everyone kind of drops into their heart and expresses where they're at and what they're desiring and then we may do some movement like some yoga to get into our bodies and then there may be a smoothie or juice workshop where Queen More Life would lead people in elevating their diets so that they're focusing on eating living foods. And then there might be a vendor market for a few hours where local artisans are selling their retail goods and people are eating local food. And then you continue on with different workshops and different modalities. And we would usually finish with performances from amazing artists like Londrell or Lizzie Jeff or Tony Jones, and these are all liberation artists who are creating music that is made to inspire and expand people's consciousness and not keep them at a certain frequency band, which is what something like trap music does. Like it actually mm -hmm. traps people within a certain range. And this is about bringing people beyond that range and expanding them to their highest potential. Ooh. So it sounds like a conscious expansion day festival. It is. And it's life changing, you know, like everyone that has come and experienced it has acknowledged how transformative it is when people mm -hmm. come together mm -hmm. with that sort of intention 
and their hearts open in that way. So I feel like there's no limits to what it can do. And you feel very rejuvenated after the experience. You know, I haven't been to anything like Coachella or anything like that in a while because that's not quite my scene anymore. But when I did go to festivals like that, I honestly felt like overwhelmed. You know, that there's like so much to do and we're drinking a lot or on some drugs or doing something and just like partying. And when you leave those types of experiences, I would feel drained. And maybe there's ways to do it where you don't feel drained, but I definitely wouldn't feel <laughs> replenished afterwards. But I feel like when you come to the glow up, like your cup gets full, like overflowingly <laughs> full, right? Not only of energy, but also of inspiration for how you want to go out and share who you are and what your purpose is out in the world. Thank you for sharing that. Let's take a quick moment now to hear from our sponsors. This episode of Golden Meta Sessions with Dog Peace podcast is sponsored by Raka, a metaverse company and exclusive manager of French Montana's NFT album drop, 2D Montega. Welcome back to Golden Meta Sessions with Dog Peace. There was a quote that you share with me and it goes, the only way to improve on nature is appreciation. Can you share more on that? Yeah. So at this time, we live in a very artificial environment. You know, like we stay up later than is normal because we have artificial lights. We genetically enhance foods to make them more aesthetically appealing or make them, you know, bigger or brighter. But in doing all those things, we're disconnecting ourselves from the natural rhythms of nature, which is really what keeps us connected to Gaia, which is our mother, and also like the natural health cycles that our bodies are supposed to be connected to. Mm -hmm. So we have all these conditions that we're developing as a result of being disconnected from nature. And we really need to come back to being in alignment with nature. So instead of trying to like, quote unquote, optimize nature, it's just like, recognize the brilliance that already exists within nature and align yourself with it. So an example of that is the food system, right? Like the simplest foods are the ones that are closest to the sun and transmit the most light energy, right? Because just like plants photosynthesize light, we actually are eating light and the food is a like transmitter of that light. So different qualities of foods and different types of foods transmit more or less energy. Like fruit transmits the highest, right? And then vegetables mm -hmm. and then meat. And it's, they're pretty stark differences, right? So being conscious about that the reason why you're eating is to get energy right? Like you're, ideally you're eating to live. You're not living to eat. <laughs> right. And oh, I know it's easy to be a foodie and be like, oh, I can eat anything, any combination from anywhere in the world in any season. But it's like, that's not actually how we're made to eat. You're not supposed to be eating, you know, a kiwi from Australia. If you live in 
Wisconsin at a certain time of year. Like you're supposed to be eating what grows around you because that's the way nature is designed, right? So it's just having that appreciation and allegiance to the natural order of nature because everything that we're creating even to help us is from nature. It's just usually been manipulated by man in some degree because then it makes it marketable, right? Like you think about pharmaceuticals and things like that, which I know you have a big history with, do not have a vested interest in people healing because then they would be out of business, right? They have a vested interest in creating something that can maybe mask a symptom and also be simulating to the senses, but not actually the most potent healing thing. Like if you're going to drink one of these emergency packets, right? Or airborne, it's this little tablet that's vitamin C and then you drop it in the water and then there's this effervescence. So you have the, the feeling that something profound is happening, but it's like, you could just eat an orange or <laughs> and some acai berries and that would be like more direct and more effective, but it's not as sexy as dropping that effervescent tablet into the water and having it bubble up like that. Like there's mm. no money in that. Yeah. I love this conversation because many may find themselves struggling in terms of realigning or readjusting. They may be feeling a sense of overwhelm and a sense of um, exhaustion. And so it's important to, like you said, go back to nature and, and show some appreciation for what's growing around you. And I really want to take a moment now to for you to share more on how we can all awaken our genius within. I know you have three steps that you want to share with us today. And what does nature have to do with it? Yeah. So like I said, we are a part of nature. We're not separate mm -hmm. from nature. We spend so much time separating ourselves, but really we're part of the integrated system of the natural world and it can be easy to forget that because we live in an artificial environment but mm -hmm. the way to realign yourself like the three steps are aligning to source step one embodying that energy that you're receiving and then creating with that inspiration so it's align embody create Align that and order. body create. Okay. Align and body create. So okay. the alignment piece is getting back to the natural rhythms, right? Like get up when the sun rises. Try to go to sleep closer to when the sun sets. I mean, I know you're probably not going to go to bed at 7.30 or 8, but maybe like try to go to bed by like 9 or 10 mm -hmm. and stop looking at screens at like a certain time, like maybe when the sun goes down, right? Mm -hmm. Because they say on average, the average person looks at a screen like 10.4 hours every day, every day, wow. 10.4 hours wow. between their iPhone, iPad, you know, computer, right? So we're just constantly on a screen. So, you know, we're not made to be sitting and sedentary looking at a screen all day. So Get it up when the sun rises, go for a walk, get sunlight in your body, sunlight in your eyes, 
maybe find a park where you can go walk around with your bare feet on the earth, you know, be around trees, smell the oxygen that they're giving off, you know, like spend an hour outside without an agenda, right? Maybe take a book or just like observe and be open to life as it's unfolding in front of you. Maybe a hummingbird comes up and pollinates a flower, you know, like there's, there's life is so majestic if we're willing to observe it and appreciate it. Eat seasonally, right? Eat as many natural whole foods as possible that are in season for where you're at, you know, let go of some of the processed things. And when you start to do this, your frequency changes and you start to be connected to a different vibration, just like there are different frequencies on a radio station. You can tune in to different frequencies of consciousness, depending on the choices you make about your exercise and your diet and whether or not you're spending time in nature, all that. So once your frequency starts to change, it starts to feel better to align with a more natural way of being. And then you have inertia going that way. And then you just keep going that way, right? Then once you're aligned, you have to not just like feel the energy, but embody it and move it into your being. So any form of movement is going to generate and spread that energy throughout your body. And you can decide what is best for you. You know, like I really enjoy Hatha yoga, but I also like to dance. And I love exploring acro yoga because that's something you could do with another person. But it's really any way you want to get embodied with the energy that you're now connected to consciously. And once you feel it and it's flourishing in you, then you express it, right? Because embodied expression carries a certain energy signature. Like uh, it's a palpable thing. Just like the energy of love is a palpable mm -hmm. thing. You can't see it just like you can't see gravity, but you can feel when something is done with love mm -hmm. or you can feel when something is done with deep presence, mm -hmm. right? So that magnetism that is created by you doing things with deep presence opens every door that you need to go through in your life because you may have heard the term, what you seek is seeking you. You know, mm -hmm. life just wants you to be present and be here and appreciate the beauty that exists because this world that we live in is already heaven on earth, right? Like you could just look at your screensaver on your Apple thing and see the, the beauty of the natural world and how much there is to appreciate and enjoy. But the societal systems and structures that we've set up as human beings are uh, really wounded and unhealthy, right? So to achieve this happiness and this level of peace, we have to shift ourselves and start operating in a different way. And that's how you do that. Gold, gold. Thank you so much for sharing that. And Many of us may resonate with this, especially for those who are experiencing burnout, whether you're in web three or in web two, 
this is something that is a is a real is a real thing and really taking to heart and putting to action these three steps to awaken your genius can really make a difference in your life so that you can rejuvenate and and recenter so thank you again for sharing that Dijon I want to pivot a little bit into your background as a musician and go into how you are showing up as a musician in the Web3 space. Yeah, it's exciting. You know, music is my deepest love. And to me, like music is the most important thing that exists on the planet. Like I can't imagine the world where there wasn't music, right? I mean, I have all these Sono speakers in my house and I have probably four or five different sets of headphones, depending on my occasion, whether I'm working out or whether I want to have the over-ear experience. And I feel like there's such a cool way to change the energy of space or of your being. So I've always been attracted to that. And the music industry, on the other hand, can feel kind of daunting because a lot of it feels like it's a product. You know, there are people in the music business and they feel like they're creating products. And the soul kind of feels divorced from some of the expressions that I see, which is a huge turnoff. And it's also like I never wanted to do that to my art, you know, because my stuff, the way I like to create is very pure. And it's just like, whatever the spark of inspiration is, is the moment I kind of like run with that. And that's the way to keep my inner child, my inner creative child happy and free. And when you start trying to impose like, oh, you have to brand yourself this way. It's like, ah, I don't want to do that. You know, it doesn't feel good. So when I was in Miami at Art Basel, actually doing some videography for Lauren, she was um, doing a panel that you were actually on as well. Or maybe you were moderating that panel. Yes, yeah. yes. You were moderating that panel. And after she, the panel, there was uh, this guy, Dill, who was giving this talk about music NFTs. And he had been mm -hmm. in the music game for over a decade. And he had kind of had some of the same issues that I had where his primary source of income was Spotify and touring. But even though he had had um, over 2 million streams of his crypto rap album, that only netted him about $6,000. So that doesn't seem like that's a fair exchange of value mm -hmm. for something you're creating over 2 million streams and $6,000. So he also was aware of this growing NFT energy and he pivoted into starting to sell his music directly as NFTs to the community that he was creating and cultivating. And at that time, he had sold over $70,000 worth of NFTs. And I think it had been less than a year since he had been on that path. So I was like, whoa, you know, like he made $70,000 himself like not connected to a, a label or anything like that. And under a year, where wow. in the previous two years, he'd only made $6,000. So I was, I really want to learn how to do this. And one of his NFT VIP packages was to have him be basically like your mentor and consultant, right? So 
that's the cool thing about the unlockable portion of NFTs mm -hmm. is they can be anything, right? And for him, he, there's a vested interest in him doing that because it's just like with everybody else, like the more people that utilize crypto and NFTs, the more valuable they are, mm -hmm. right? So he was getting me to buy into his ecosystem and I did. And it was, you know, the, one of the best decisions I made in the crypto space because he's been incredibly helpful. He's become a friend. Uh, when I was helping, when he was helping me shoot some content for a NFT course that I'm working on, will be launched probably later this year. I was over at his house and he like, like he had me over to his house to help film something, right? Just because I purchased one of his NFTs, right? Like you don't get to go over to Beyonce's house when you buy a CD, mm -mm. <laughs> you know? So it's creating a different level of connection that has never been possible before and is really cool. And at that time, I was like, I'm going to make a, a new beat every day. So I was doing that and I was on my iPad. I was super into it. And he invited me to stay for dinner. And I was like, well, I'm going to go make this song and I'll be back in a little while. And I went, ate some pizza, made this fire ass beat. And came back and I was like, yo, check this out. And he was like, this is super cool. Um, I'm like, would you be down to record something like right now? So he was like, yeah. And he literally recorded. He like, I just put the song on a loop. And we were sitting out by his pool in front of the fireplace. And the song was just on a loop as he was like writing in real time to create something. And I think up until that point, like I had listened to Dill's music, but I more respected him as an entrepreneur than an artist mm -hmm. because that's how I was kind of introduced to him. But when I watched mm -hmm. him compose that, that verse in real time, and it was really good. And I also watched like the vocal control and the breath control that he had. I was actually like, wow, this guy's actually really talented. This is mm -hmm. super dope. So while he was doing that, I was recording it with my phone and the camera because I was like, I want to catalog this and, and vlog about it at some point. And then when I got back home, I was super jazzed and I recorded my own verse. And that song, which is called FOMO, ended up being my first release like as a hip hop artist. And it's a crypto rap song. And I feel like it's got great energy. You know, it has the energy of everything I just said. And it just feels good when you listen to it. Like it feels swaggy and fun, but it's not like ignorant. It's actually like very conscious and putting people on the game that is relevant if you're entering into the crypto space. Gold. Congratulations on that again. Yeah. Thank you so much. You're have you, so have very you heard welcome. the song yet? I have. I was jamming to it last night. <laughs> FOMO. And FOMO is real. The fear of missing out is real, especially, I mean, even not just in the Web3 space, but even outside of the space, right? We feel like there's so many things going on, events, connections that we could be making. But if you have that mentality that you feel like you're missing out, you are going to miss out because you're not even going to be present to where you're currently at. And so exactly. I love the name of the song and the message. I'm going to go back and listen to it again. So now that you are officially a web three musician you release this song and you see it now from the inside out how do you feel web three technology and nfts are revolutionizing 
the business of music, the music industry. Yeah, I think they're totally revolutionizing it and it's putting the power back in the creator's hands. And Mm -hmm. at this point, I think there still is a challenge technologically to do everything. Like there are certain Mm -hmm. sites that I think are more easy to use than others, Mm -hmm. but there still is a, a bit of a barrier to entry to do it. But the technology will catch up. It was just like mm-hmm. when you were building a website back in the day, like maybe you had to try and learn WordPress and you don't really know how to do the back end of WordPress, but now there's Squarespace template-based sites that you just like drop in your picture and change the title to your name, right? So I think that that capability and ease of use is coming and that'll give people the opportunity to develop direct relationships with their fans and create a community And it's like, just like I did with Dill, like I plan on creating experiences where you can buy things to me or from me and then potentially experience them with me, right? Because art is all about connection. And I was even doing that before Web3 was an option because I have two sets of these (laughs) headphones. So like one of my favorite things to do is take these headphones, pair them and go listen to music with somebody. So imagine if you could do that with a new fan, like they could buy your new song and you could go for a walk and listen to it together and talk about it and then get a smoothie and, and just kind of hang out and enjoy the energy, right? It's just like, it's really limitless what can happen. And I think we're only bound by our imagination and our creative inspiration about how this space can develop because it's all about connection. It's all about presence. It's all about equity. And it's a very exciting time to be alive. It truly is. It really is. So for someone who's listening, who is a musician and who's wondering what steps, so what first steps to take as they enter into this new space, you've experienced coaching. You've had one-on-one coaching with John. You are now putting together an NFT course that will support those who are new to the space. What are some recommendations that you have to someone who's new to the space? I feel like you would be the best person to answer this question. I think it's just get involved and stay curious, you know, like if you don't have a Twitter, get a Twitter and follow Doc Peace, Lauren Turton, definitely Dill, famous Dill. If you're wanting to go into the music space, you can follow me as well. Um, There's a podcast called NFT for newbies that do really great job of explaining what NFTs are and how to navigate the space and just learn and participate and try things. You know, because for me, it started with me buying Dill's NFT. And then that was like a step closer to what I think I actually wanted to do, which was make my own music and release it in the same way. So I just kind of for a long time just watched him do what he was doing and was supporting him and participating in his Twitter spaces and asking questions and hearing what other people were asking and going onto websites. Um, that are hosting music NFTs and just seeing what they were doing. You know, like you don't have to take action and do anything right away. You can just Mm -hmm. kind of like start observing until you feel comfortable and eventually you will feel comfortable and then you can take whatever step you're ready to take at that time. Gold, gold. Thank you so much again, Dijon, for sharing with us your insight and your light and all your golden nuggets. How can we connect with you further? Yeah, thank you so much. It's a pleasure having you and I appreciate the platform. You know, it's always great to be 
in your energy doc. So thank you for your golden vibe. And yeah, my socials is the best place. Um, at Dijon Bowden is, you know, my Twitter, my Instagram, and Dharma Glow is a great one as well. Um, on Instagram or dharmaglow.com. That's D-H-A-R-M-A-G-L-O-W. So if you are inspired by what I had to say about Dharma Glow and want to get involved, check us out there. The next glow up will be August 6th in Atlanta with Landrell and Lizzie Jeff. So that's going to be a super fun experience. But yeah, it's super honored to be here and I'm really grateful. You are so very welcome. Thanks again, Dijon. Stay gold. Thank you for listening to Golden Meta Sessions with Dog Peace. I hope you got that dose of inspiration you were welcoming. Remember to subscribe. New episodes drop weekly every Thursday at 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. As always, reminding you, it is you who ultimately chooses to consciously express and be gold, a genuine, original, loving dreamer, as you boldly step into the metaverse and achieve your version of success. I'm your host, Doc Peace. What an honor it is to journey with you into NFTs. Stay gold.